Welcome to the Growth League podcast, where we interview business owners who have experienced quantum leap growth in their business. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into our guests' firsthand experience about what it was like 90 days before and 90 days after that point when their business started experiencing massive growth. My guest today is Matt Crowell from Get in the Loop. He is a passionate entrepreneur an out-of-the-box thinker. He founded Get in the Loop on an $800 budget fresh out of playing professional hockey in Europe. So uh, along with a group of advisors, he and his team have grown Get in the Loop into a technology platform that makes it easy for over 5,000 businesses across Canada to connect with a million nearby consumers on their phone who want to support and shop local. Uh, Matt is a very passionate advocate for local business and uh, as we hear his story, you will see very clearly how he has been able to take that passion and turn it into an unbelievable uh, growing company here in Canada. Matt, let's let's start here. Um, I uh, I've been I was introduced to you and, and to get in the loop a long long time ago from a, by a mutual friend of ours, and um, I think you guys played hockey together and, and grew up together. But uh, just watching from afar, sort of the evolution and, and growth of what what started as an $800 startup idea, right? I think uh, is what, what, what kind of out of your garage type thing. Um, can you, can we start off by you just bringing us back to the beginning and, and uh, uh, describing what the origin of, of getting the loop was? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's sort of uh, you know, it's a unique story, but it's like a lot of others in that uh, it was one of those situations where seeing a problem in the market. So I, I didn't have a job. <laughs> that was the first problem. I'd come back from playing professional hockey in Europe, uh, semi-pro, I should really asterisk that uh, <laughs> you know, diet pro, maybe you call it, uh, but, uh, and was trying to figure out a way uh, I could get, get a job or get into business. And there was a huge problem with the golf courses in Kelowna at the time. And they were trying to figure out, how to market to locals. And, uh, you know, I learned that if it's too hot, too cold, rainy, a shotgun cancels, there's so many scenarios that puts a golf course in a tough spot. And I was learning about text messaging at that point and, and realizing that you could build platforms that would send out texts to multiple phones and things and came up with a concept called the golf loop. Uh, and it was like, uh, I remember like pitching it to a few friends and, uh, and my dad organized a, a sort of a beer with like three golf pros and was like, you know, what if I created a text platform where I'll get all the locals numbers and if it's slow, you can just text them like a new offer for 50 bucks in real time. And, oh. and everybody liked the idea. And so uh, that was sort of how it was born. And within uh, 10 days, I convinced eight courses in Kelowna to try it. I, I built the platform, uh, plugged everything in. I paid $800 for the WordPress website to get it designed. And, uh, and at that time, we actually monetized by charging the consumers to get these text messages like the entertainment book. So we ended up having our first paying customer in 22 minutes where a consumer paid us to get their golf loop membership and start to receive golf texts. So, Come sort of, on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That's funny because I vividly remember being on uh, being on a patio at, I think it was Predator um, with Dave Krisky and, and he must've been in like the unofficial group chat or something like that because we got a text for a course down the road because we couldn't get on. Yeah. And so I think there was an opening. And, and so this is where he first explained it to me. And I was like, fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like there was a lot of sort of clarity through action. I, did you know exactly what the vision was at that point? Or were you just trying to fulfill an immediate need? Oh, yeah. No, no plan at all. Um, you know, honestly, uh, <laughs> the plan was like, hey, can you make a difference for courses? Will consumers like seeing these texts? 
Uh, and even today, I mean, I think we're heading into our 10th year here and like, it's still sort of the same trying to, to solve problems and taking action to do so, you know, and uh, that's all it really was, was I would, I would just learn quickly. I mean, we, we, everything we did was sort of just out of like, hey, maybe we should throw a golf event so that way people know about us. And I would go to men's nights and, uh, and hand out like literally pieces of paper that was just like, you should download or, you, or not that time. It was like, you should register for the golf loop. And uh, it was all about just getting out there. And, and really, we, we had no ad budget or nothing, just showing up at a lot of golf nights. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. So for, for the listeners, before we dig into things here, can you give us a snapshot view of now what, what loop media is and getting the loop is? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it started out as a text platform helping golf courses and it fast forward, it's become a, a business marketing tool. So it's a SaaS tool. So software as a service where any business, uh, we work with spas, golf courses, restaurants, pubs, shopping centers, retailers, uh, home and auto service-based businesses uh, use our technology. Um, they create exclusive offers, limited quantity offers. They promote sales. Um, we've launched a digital punch card and loyalty tool for them. Uh, so a variety of different tools and campaigns to attract and retain customers. Um, everything a business does is completely measurable in real time. Uh, we've launched the Get in the Loop app. Uh, so that's an app that was built to help consumers find and support local businesses while getting rewarded. Uh, we've also built the technology to integrate into other websites and apps. So we reach about a million Canadians a week through integrations. Uh, we're a team of 45 employees, um, 95 franchises across the country, which gives us about 175 local entrepreneurs and local markets. And we have just under 6,000 businesses in Canada using our software today. Jesus. That's, uh, that's quite the uh, evolution. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit has changed. <laughs> so with, with, the growth, with the Growth League podcast, what, what we're trying to dig into is the idea of growth. And we're trying to debunk the idea that it's, uh, you know, this one moment in time where there was hockey stick growth. We're trying to, uh, you know, communicate the fact that it's, it's ups and downs and there's a lot of different components, culture, uh, marketing, just just getting out there and grinding, loving the grind as, as you say, right? Yeah. Um, but can you remember or recall, even though I said there's not one tipping point, can you remember or recall a meaningful moment where things really took on a different, like a drastically different uh, life? Yeah, and we've, we've sort of had a few inflection points, you know. Um, one of them was very early on. I was a part of Accelerate Okanagan. We had just launched the software. It was like sort of early days. And uh, I got accepted into like an angel forum in Vancouver to pitch uh, about getting a loop. And uh, I showed up there and was really underestimated sort of what the companies were like when I got there. So there was 18 companies that got to go into that pitch. And everybody else was like a true company. Like they had a team, everybody was, had swag, they had setups and booths. And I literally had a sticky note that had my name on it and my name was spelled wrong. And, and I, <laughs> I had nothing else. I was like, what? Like I didn't, somebody should have told me, like we didn't have swag or didn't even have a banner. Um, and so I just went in and like, I had three slides and everybody else was so much more prepared. And I went in and told the story that said, I think businesses need help and I can build a tool that makes it easy and it makes it measurable. And people do want to get offers on their phone. Like at that time, building an app was still, you know, Oh, you're going to build an app. Like we, nobody was doing it. It was like 2012, 13. Yeah. And, uh, I ended up winning, uh, I ended up winning the angel forum and, and being nominated most company, most likely company to go public. And we won all these awards at that show. And I, got, I started getting all these people that wanted to give me cash, like wanted to invest in the company. 
And when I went there, my advisors were like, if you get one business card, that's a success. Like your company's so new. And I remember we did this break and all of these venture capitalists were lined up trying to talk to me. And I was like, hey, you guys told me nobody's going to talk to me. Like I wasn't even ready to answer questions. Like, and they were all like coming in and shooting like, what's this, this? I was like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm just telling people I got an idea. And so I left the Vancouver Angel Forum early. So I didn't have to keep answering questions I didn't know. And I remember driving home and being like, okay, I think something's going on here. Uh, and then, you know, that was sort of one of the first tipping points where sort of uh, the momentum that the market scene made me believe a little more that I've gone to something. Okay. So I want to, I want to interject there. Um, I think the illusion and, and the, the story we tell ourselves sometimes and entrepreneurs tell ourselves, tell ourselves is that you have to show up as your perfect self. You have to have the, 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 the swag, the gear, the, um, What's the, in this case, you're, you're demonstrating the power of a good idea, the power of story and the power of belief in what you're doing, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, and I think, uh, you know, yeah, that, that's really all it really was is the ability to communicate with conviction. Um, and, and the one thing I've learned over time, because now, I mean, we've ended up with customers that are some of the biggest companies in the world and things like that. And I've gotten to be in a lot of neat meetings but you just sort of realize everybody's the same, you know, everybody puts their pants on the same, yeah. uh, you know, uh, over time. Uh, that's, that's like the biggest thing that I've learned is every room's the same, you know, you just be yourself and it's, it's fine. That's awesome. Yeah. So what did you do next then? Okay. So you're driving home. Um, obviously you're thinking, so Vancouver to Kelowna four hours, right? You're, you're, you're thinking what is, uh, what was the next 90 days like? So we went home and I sort of used that momentum and was like, hey, a lot of people want to invest. And I raised some angel money locally. So we raised $100,000 uh, and that was our first investment. Uh, and I was going to build up the software and hire a small team with that. And, uh, and I remember like, uh, I remember I took the first investment check and I didn't spend $1 for two weeks because I debated, maybe I should just give it back. Like, I don't know if I want a hundred grand of somebody's money. Like it just <laughs> felt way too much. Uh, and, uh, and we just sort of started to scrap our way to grow, figuring out how to how to get businesses to be successful, how to get users to use the app and tried to think about how we would grow into markets. And I had a great group of young people that joined early on. And, and in, like, you know, we underpay is such an underestimation. Like everybody used to be on $1,000 a month salary. And then we all sat at a coffee shop and I bought muffins and coffee. And so like, we had like six people working, but we only had like a $7,000 a month burn rate, a thousand in muffins and, and six people on a thousand dollar a month salary. So I had a lot of people early on that uh, were able to work uh, for a very affordable rate that helped us sort of get moving. So it was, I'd imagine they believed in it, right? That was. That yeah, was I, they did for sure. And, you know, as you, as you grow over time, you realize uh, you need, you need people with different experiences and different skill sets. And so, you know, it's not to say that you should grow your company with a bunch of people that can afford or, or are willing to work for a thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. uh, but it sure worked for me. And, and that helped us get to that next step. I mean, the one thing I've learned about growth is it's like, it's just like climbing a mountain. Like every few steps you look back and there's a new view and then you got to figure out how to make the next few steps. Like it is such a long road. Um, yeah. I, if you look at it that way, then you, you don't have that, that feeling of failure if you're not moving as fast as the, the articles online tell you you're supposed to. That's right. That's right. And just remembering that and keeping that, that keeping that close because when it gets crazy, when it gets dark, I think that's uh, when we got to remember exactly what you just said. Um, okay. So tell us about, there was a moment in time when you said you were looking at growth and, and different models of growth. And then you landed on this idea of the franchise model. Um, yeah. When did that come up? Why did that come up? And, and obviously how, how critical has that been in terms of uh, growth? 
Yeah. So it was really interesting. I mean, it was actually off of a, it was a very unique time. Sometimes they say when your back's against the wall, that's when you, you make the best opportunities. And uh, so we had grown from like 2015 to 2017. We, we, we landed partnerships with all the media companies in Canada. And so we were a partner of Bell Media, Jim Pattison Broadcast Group, Chorus Entertainment. And we would go into a market. I would go to all the cities and we would train all their radio sales reps how to sell a product like Get in the Loop. Because uh, of course, radio was looking to have digital products that were measurable for their advertisers and then we would grow our app on their their remnant airtime so that when more people would learn about it and so we went into about 15 cities with these partners it was going quite well i mean we could see some of the downsides though who they naturally sold to wasn't the greatest customer so we found to be a great local offers platform you needed yoga shops and sandwich studios and those cool things whereas radio stations sell to car dealers and furniture stores mostly that have big budgets and uh, and then over time you know, not to be negative on anybody in media, but there was a lot less people listening to radio. So that side of it wasn't necessarily working for us the way we had hoped either. And so uh, in 2017, I went through this distracted year as an entrepreneur uh, where we got offered acquisition from every media company or a lot of them in Canada. Various companies were interested in acquiring us. So I was in Toronto a lot, deciding if that was the time to sell the company or, or what made sense. And it just didn't feel right. It, it felt like, yeah, they would go and sell a lot of companies on it, but they didn't have the right mix. And it just didn't feel like that was the right way to go. And we were still so early in proving out this opportunity. And so we ended up turning down all of our acquirers uh, that year. And then I learned the lesson that when you turn down your acquisition partners, they don't really want to keep going and selling your product. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it didn't take too long for them to become a competitor pretty quick. Uh, you know? And so we ended up firing all of our media partners uh, and doing it, of course, very professionally. They taught us a lot as a company, flew around, shook hands and said, thanks so much for the opportunity. And so January 2018, by like January 14th, I was sitting back in Kelowna and was like, Kate. We're in 20 cities. We're a team of 14 people and we just lost all of our channel partners. So what are we going to do? And, uh, and it was like looking at what we knew was successful. It was like when you had somebody on the ground that could not only sell the businesses, but service them. And we realized to really grow a great organic app audience, you needed to be doing the grassroots things, partnering with universities and minor hockey. And so I just sort of came up with this idea of like, what if we franchised it? And we had people inquiring about that. We had people inquiring for years, like, can I bring this to another country and all over the world and all over Canada? Like, how do I bring it to my city? And, and so it, it was sort of outside people that were suggesting they wanted to own the rights or franchise it for us. And, but I always thought you had to get credible enough. And so then I looked at it and was like, okay, hey, well, every media company in Canada wants to partner with us. They all wanted to buy us. We have hundreds of businesses that are proven on here. It was like, I think that's a franchise. And so yeah. we came up with this concept, uh, getting a loop local. And it was like, we're going to create the first ever SaaS digital franchise. And it was a really funny getting started story is I didn't tell any of our team, really. I was working with like one or two members of our team on it a little bit. But the reality was I, I was quite fearful I was going to be wrong, uh, that like this wouldn't go. And then you couldn't be distracted where everybody's like, oh, now we have a failed digital franchise. And so nobody knew. I built the website on Squarespace myself. I did all these videos on the computer of like why you'd buy a franchise all within two days. And then on Friday night, having a glass of wine, I, uh, I posted out on Kijiji in Manitoba, like, join the digital franchise revolution or become like a, you know, a digital entrepreneur. And I was trying to like AB test what people would be interested in on Gigi ads woke up Saturday morning and like nine people had applied to buy a franchise. And, uh, and by Sunday it was 25. 
So Monday morning I came in and I had drawn up a media release and was like, Hey, put a media release out that we're franchising. And people were like, what do you mean you're franchising? And I was like, just put it out. And we had 150 people apply that week. And uh, wow. the, the rest is sort of history. You know, uh, we've been sort of selling anywhere from three to five franchises a month since. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and, 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 it, and it's made such a big difference because the hard part today is how do you actually get into local communities and, and how do you actually work with local businesses? Sales teams are so expensive and they turn over, but having an entrepreneur that's committed to that local business community and truly cares, exactly. it's, it's a difference maker. And so it's, uh, it's really changed the business. It's allowed us to go really fast. I mean, we're in every market in Canada today. And as soon as the pandemic uh, fades, yeah. we can be in a lot of markets around the world as well. But uh, yeah, it was, so it wasn't some grand idea or plan. It was like, Hey, this is a shot and let's see. And then the world just like turned on us and wanted to do it. I mean, I think we played on a lot of staff. People do care about their local business communities a lot. Uh, they want to get into innovative industries, like getting into tech is a cool thing. And this is a way you could buy into tech as opposed to having to join and be a developer. Right. Um, and then I think that sort of the culture of work, work-life balance, people want to work from their phone and all of that. And like, unless you're an Instagram model, uh, it's hard to have a job like that. And with us, you can run your whole business from a phone. You don't have to have a location and all those things that come with a traditional business. And so I think all those factors have sort of contributed to why it's went so well. Like, We've had over 10,000 people apply to buy our franchise in Canada, to give you an idea. Um, so when I say apply, you know, filled out five questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inquired. That's amazing. But yeah. Are you limiting on a, on a, like a, like a one franchisee per city basis or, or a couple in an, in an area, depending on the size of the city? Yeah, we sort of break it down by neighborhoods. So um, we've got two franchises. So there's a $35,000 franchise, uh, which is sort of most of them. That's anything over 25,000 population. And then we have like a 15,000 for really small markets like Dauphin, Manitoba or Prince yeah. Rupert and things like that. Right. Um, so it, depending on the size of the market, it's sort of just agreed with the entrepreneur. If it's like Red Deer, it's like, oh, maybe that's one, maybe it's two. What do we think? But then like a city like Calgary would be broken into four different franchise markets. So they have their own territory and neighborhood. They work together because like one one person or even two or three people can't tackle a major market right we'll right. end up with 25 franchisees in toronto all right. all winning their neighborhood you know and the 15 and the 25 those that's the uh that's the capital investment yeah so it's thirty five thousand to invest for a major market and fifteen thousand for a small market okay and then what support do you provide them from you know the franchisor uh level yeah so it's sort of full support it's you know, it's uh, it's it's like a traditional franchise in, in how it operates, but it's also like it's innovative and fluid. I mean, we've launched two new products in the last two years. So like you bought a franchise, imagine buying a McDonald's and then they're like, hey, we actually like to do something totally else as well. And so they have to be pretty fluid entrepreneurs. Right. Um, so we, we do Loop University when they launch, um, which is sort of a four day crash course and everything digital in our platform. And then they go through sort of a 90 day grooming period where they get full support. Uh, our franchisees have three roles. It's to sell local businesses, to service them and make it successful and then be a local marketer for your own brand and the app. Right. And so they get dedicated support on all of those things. They have an account manager on sales, account manager on service and, and a local marketing manager. So, and then we connect them all. Technology is such a beautiful thing. Like we use Slack and other tools where they're all talking and learning together, you know, weekly, weekly dialogue. And so, it's, uh, it's not like a set it and forget it franchise. It's always moving. The market's changing, our product's changing. And so they, they have to be willing to continue to learn to really be successful. For know? sure. That's amazing, man. Um, how, I mean, obviously uh, the Growth League is, is one, of our, uh, one of our content experiences. We run a digital marketing agency. How have you leveraged digital marketing over the, over the growth of, of the, uh, the company? Yeah, I mean, 
we do quite a bit of it now in terms of acquiring audience and stuff. When we launch a franchise, we go in and we acquire users through a variety of different digital channels and things like that. And then over time, I think we're still figuring out how we market ourselves. You know, it's, mm. we, we, we sort of started out as a technology company and not a digital marketing company, you know? And uh, so we're, uh, we're a marketing platform, but I think we could even be better at how do we, you know, how do we better leverage SEO as, as a brand and a platform? How do we better leverage social? Um, right. And so we use all of those channels and we're active on them, but by no means do we think we're doing it great yet. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a work in progress. You know, we've been learning to develop a technology platform, develop a franchise system. Uh, and, and so we could still be better at marketing ourselves across those digital channels, I think. Sure. You know? But yeah. you're a hungry guy. So that's probably just, uh, it's probably natural. Yeah. Yeah. So if, um, you know, if growth was, uh, I always say if growth was an entree or, or a delicious meal, what, uh, what are the three or four critical ingredients that need to go, go into it? Like foundational things that, that you've, you've leaned on heavily. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, so capital is one of them, obviously, uh, you need to, you need to be able to figure out how to access capital. I think, I mean, you could get lucky enough to have one of those companies that just starts to spit out money. I mean, but that's like lottery ticket stuff. Most companies I see or startups in this world are like, you got to grind it out for years and invest in, in the future and all of that. Uh, so you need to have access to capital and like, I think I'm like a seven out of 10 on that. You know, uh, we've raised about 8 million into getting a loop uh, from angels. We have no debt. Um, but the way our company's grown and the opportunity for us, like if I was really good, we should have already raised like 30 million and been bigger. So I'm still learning to get to that next size. Um, so capital is one thing. Um, support and advisory has been big for me. I think having like a co-founding team and the people around you is important. Um, I've, I've leaned a lot on like very active advisors and in many cases sort of, I would call them co-founders. Uh, I've had I've had advisors and mentors in the business that have really helped push this forward with me. So you need the right people around you. I mean, it is a mental grind uh, building a company like this. Because uh, basically I've had a new job every year for like eight or nine years, uh, you know, like a brand new job. Um, in my opinion, like everything I have to do this year is different than last year. The stakes are higher, the pressure is more, there's more people involved and I have to figure out how to do it. So mentorship um, I think is a huge thing for growth and success. Um, and then like passion. Uh, passion is, is a thing that, uh, that's probably my biggest strength. Like I really believe in our mission and I'm really proud of the amount of businesses we get to help. And, and that alludes to everything. So that attracts customers, that attracts capital, it attracts talent. Um, like people want to be behind passionate people and they want to join something that has that. And I think that sort of makes up for a lot of other weaknesses. Like if you're passionate enough, like everybody will sort of look, look through the cracks, you know, and they'll, uh, and they'll get on board because, it's like, it's your job, I think, as you grow as a founder, all I do is sell. I'm selling everybody all day and myself in the morning. I'm reminding myself it's still going good. And then I'm selling my team and then I'm selling my investors and then my customers and then back to my team and then back to myself. And like, you're just, you're, you're keeping the momentum and the snowball going, right? So uh, yeah, you got to be very passionate, uh, I think. So I didn't, I didn't get any of the passion sense out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing. Well, that's a that's the thing, man. And 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 you're 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 helping and you're inspiring people along the way. I mean, I like we don't know each other well, but like I said, for ten years, I've just always kept a bit of an eye. And it's and it's been. I think as entrepreneurs, we all have different things that kind of keep us going, right? And they can be very small parts of our life. Just you know, every once in a while, checking in on something on LinkedIn or or whatever. But um. So thank you for that. Thank you for your consistency along the way, because I've definitely leaned on it uh, multiple times. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I actually think I've been pretty, I, I, 
I'm, I'm weak on consistency sometimes. Like uh, I started that love the grind blog and vlog and, you know, uh, my energy goes up and down on that as well. Cause you feel like imposter syndrome syndrome sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I try, I started love the grind to actually share the hard parts of like, I'm honest on there about like what's hard about growing a team or, or, yeah. or raising capital. And cause I think so many times you read the tech crunch blogs and it sounds like you should just keep raising billions of dollars and uh, yeah. everybody should be winning. Um, but even I get imposter syndrome where I get a lot of positive feedback about my content, but then I'll go two or three months from like, I'm not, I didn't even open social media and I didn't do anything like, just wanted to be head down. Why would people listen to me? <laughs> so uh, we all go through it. Totally. And that's okay. But I, I definitely encourage anyone listening to this to, to check it out. Um, love the grind. I love um, the, the few that I've checked in on. I love the, that they're, they're, they're short form, right? They're snippets and they're like, they're right to the heart of the matter. There's a combination of you talking with, you know, sometimes it's just an iPhone, which is fantastic. Right. And that's, that's, that's the authenticity behind it. And then some text, but it's, it's uh I think why it's such impactful content because it's very clearly real. It's not like the sugar-coated tech crunch sort of good news stories. It's it is truthfully loving the grind. And do you guys still still sell all that swag? Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's uh, so it's the lo- I'm actually wearing one now, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I got it. I'm gonna get some sent out to you. That's yeah, a, I can't wait. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll get some sent to you. Um, yeah, it's sort of and and that was what it was about. Was like uh, we started the Love the Grand brand, and it was really about our franchisees. Um, and so it's it's a part of getting the loop, really. And it was like, hey, they're all out there loving the fact that they're pounding the doors, talking to small business, making a difference. And and I think it, it was about like realizing that entrepreneurship's really hard, but you should love that because you're doing something for yourself and you're out there as opposed to working for the man, so to speak, yeah. right? And uh, and our whole team is is entrepreneurs. And when I say that, it's like everybody's a shareholder in our company, uh, and and they're a part of that. And and they're treated like that. The expectation at our company is uh, this isn't a nine to five. I, I can mm-hmm. tell you that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, what are you looking for? Right, Like, are you, again, for those listening, uh, are you still looking for people uh, to take on franchise opportunities or are you, have, have you paused that for a little bit? What's going on there? Yeah, no. So we've, uh, we just, we've launched three in March already, new markets as well. Um, so we've, uh, we've got about a hundred franchises in Canada and we think fully penetrated is about 240 will be every sort of market in Canada. So we've got lots of opportunity here in Canada. So we're still looking for entrepreneurs that are interested in that, in a digital business like ours. Uh, and we're looking for people to join our team as well um, in all sort of roles right now too, um, technology, service, marketing. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, a, we're an open book if great people. And, and through the pandemic, we're actually pretty, we're hiring sort of fully remote uh, as well. I don't know. How's your, how's your business changed on that? I guess you guys are working remote, but are you hiring anywhere now? Anywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, even my business partners uh, always been in Vancouver, uh, yeah. whereas I'm in Calgary. And so um yeah, again, I've had to get over that a little bit. I love being in front of people, but I but I realize that uh, we have an opportunity. This is an opportunity, if if anything, right? Um, yeah, we we definitely used it. I mean, we were fighting against it because we believed in our culture and our office is such a big uh, sort of a strategic advantage, and we also believe being in Kelowna is a bit of an advantage, and that we're a bit of a big fish in a small pond. As soon as you get into Vancouver and Toronto, it's just all the big companies are there. But since the pandemic, I mean, we've hired people in Edmonton, East Coast, Toronto, everywhere. It's just yeah. the best people as long as they can join Zoom calls. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Well, uh, where can people um, just just on the site looking for opportunities, either either work or uh, franchise opportunity? 
Yeah, for franchises, it's getinaloop.local.com. Um, and for uh, if you're looking for roles, you can go to getinaloop.ca uh, careers uh, page, or you can go to loopmediagroup.com slash careers as well. Okay. And so all of our sort of available roles are there. Yeah. Sweet. So for this question, um, where were you? Just give, give us a sense of like, where would you be hanging out uh, when you were like 19 years old, uh, you know, on the weekend, where, where was your local spot to hang out golf course or, or, or bar or whatever yeah. coffee shop? Yeah, it would have been, I mean, when I was 19, I was sort of on the cusp of going to play college hockey in the States and I was a junior hockey player in Williams Lake. So, you know, it would have been like the wing nights. I was a big wing night guy, Dakotas <laughs> in Kelowna, you know, oh, boy, yeah. cheap golf courses like Sunset or Shadow Ridge probably That's was where I was hanging out. Yeah. What's that one? Uh, I think it's, I can't remember what side of clone it is, but the logo is like a harvest basket with like oh, orchard greens. Is it orchard, orchard greens? It's yeah. Fantastic. Unlimited golf for like 20 bucks or something up there. Right? <laughs> That's right. So if you can, if you were able to teleport back to that and you, and you look at a young 19, 20 year old Matt and he's hanging out at wing night and uh, you know, whatever, all the buddies uh, go up to the bar, or go to the bathroom or whatever. And you're sitting there and you have, 30 seconds with 19 year old Matt, what, what are you talking to him about? What are you telling him? What are you telling him to look out for? Don't rush the process. Um, that'd be the number one thing. Um, don't rush the process. So, uh, I, I, I've always been almost over motivated. Um, so I graduated my university degree in three years instead of four. Um, then I, then I did my master's in one year, uh, I quit pro hockey in Europe because I wanted uh, the loop had started. Um, and, uh, and so when I say don't rush the process, like I would tell 19 year old Matt and other people that not everybody in the world's willing to work as hard as the hard workers. And there's so much opportunity that if you're willing to commit, you can succeed at any point. And uh, I shouldn't have rushed the process so much. Like I was always on to the next thing yeah. where the reality was I'm, I felt I'm going to, I was going to be successful no matter what, but I didn't feel that way. I always wanted to get to that next level. And uh so even, even when I started the loop, I could never look back and regret it. Look what's happened. I mean, I'm very fortunate, yeah. but I had opportunities to go play in Europe and all more years in Italy and different countries. But I was like, I got to get a business going and the loop was taking off. And then looking back, I'm like, I could have started it when I was 30 and have traveled for five more years. <laughs> like, I'm just going to work harder than people. I was going to probably be successful anyways, but right. you don't know that when you're 19, you just right. feel like, how do I find my mark in the world. So that would be my advice. It's like, don't rush the process, man. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and my last question is, um, are you a, are you a guy of, of habit and routine? And, and if so, what, uh, what goes into your routine? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I am, but uh, weirdly not in how I work. Uh, I've been trying, we're trying to figure that out actually as a company the last six months to a year or so. I'm, uh, I'm up at 4.45 pretty much every day or five, um, sort of coffee and emails. Uh, I like to get a workout in, which like working out for me now could be a stiff walk to <laughs> not, not crossfitting here. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm the same way, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> Asterisks on the workout, but like, I like to get us a, a movement going. Yeah. Movement. Uh, and like, I like to start early before nine o'clock every day. I've done the most important things. Like I could be done at nine and like, uh, and then in terms of the day, I, I'm trying to get to the point that uh, I think I'm more of a creator than an operator. And so I'm trying to get where I have more freedom so I can focus my energy on the most important thing and where that's going. And as we become a bigger company, being the CEO of a large team, 
has gotten a bit rigid. There's a lot of meetings. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're realigning the business of it to, to help me with that as well. So I am very, I'm very rigid in my own. It's more like mental preparation. I think that's what sports taught me. I know how important it is to, to get a good sleep, uh, how important it is to eat well and, and, you know, get up early and all those things. But I try and not have too much rigidity during the day. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, Matt, this has been fun. Uh, it's, uh, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And I know that uh, everyone, everyone listening is going to take a bunch from, uh, from this one. So I wish you the absolute best going forward. Can't wait to see how this, uh, how you go from hundred to two fifty, or, and then maybe into the States, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's sure been nice to stay in touch all these years and uh, appreciate that you brought me on here today. Yeah, man, you bet. All right. Take care. The Growth League podcast is brought to you by Hook and Ladder Digital. We are a digital marketing agency that focuses on building and nurturing engaged brand communities, as well as designing, developing, and optimizing lead generation and conversion funnels that leverage advertising, email, landing pages, and content. Our goal is to connect great products and services with the people that want and need them most at the time that makes most sense for them. We want to see business leaders and marketers win and experience next level growth by co-creating a strategy and working together to implement into market and realize the ROI that we're all looking for. So if you have any questions on your digital marketing program, you need support, or you'd just like to have us take a look, please check us out, www.hldigital.ca. Thanks so much.